This is StoryVox, your go-to podcast for audio drama, creative interviews, and intentional life skills. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to another episode of StoryVox. This podcast was designed to produce content that inspires hope and empowers young people to pursue their lives with purpose and diligence despite the negative circumstances around them. StoryVox features audio dramas, creative interviews and intentional life skills curated by people we call reachable mentors, that is, people who are willing to share insights on their journey of purpose. I'm Toluan Bebarinde, a missionary creative and behavioral scientist who believes that young people can and should do great things with their lives. Give them wings and watch them soar. StoryVox is produced by the Grandite Initiative, a non-profit that provides creative life resources and mentorship for young people. Find out more about them at ghwings.com. Today we have for you the second part of the series we started on growing through the process into your purpose. Episode 5 was titled Lemons, Lemonade and Everything in Between. There we shared 5 tips that would help you grow through the process of life into your purpose. We talked about justice, mercy and truth, forgetting the past successes and failures, the importance of practice and taking responsibility for your own life. We encourage you to listen to the first episode of this series and it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher and on ghwings.com forward slash storybox. So today we continue with five other tips that will be shared by our guest and reachable mentor Ayomiko Andeniro. Thank you for being on the show again today. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful for the privilege. What are we discussing today? So the last five tips for today, um, well, number one, own your process. Mm. Number two, growth in every area or different dimensions of growth. Number three is community or a support system. Number four is legacy. And I'll talk about each of these in detail. And then lastly is an anchor. You need an anchor. Mm. And this is all part of you know, how to grow into your purpose. I guess, let's dive in. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk about is owning your process. What does this mean? We've talked about taking responsibility last week. So, I mean, it's kind of like two things that follow one another. You take responsibility and then you own your process. Sometimes it looks similar. Sometimes it looks different. But everyone is on a unique journey. And... Something may work with somebody, but may not work with you. It may apply to A, it may not apply to B. And so you have to understand that your process is unique to you. And that ties into the fact that all of this process we're talking about has to do with the journey of identity. 
And I mean, I wanted to talk about this because this is really critical for many people, especially for us as young people. You have to realize that it's not about getting some fame, getting a name, becoming, you know, this person who did this or, you know, being the most, you know, all of those kind of things that our young people run after. But it's actually more about that identity, like discovering your identity through the process that leads into your purpose. And so I want to say that, that that's the bottom line of all of this, because if that foundation is not well laid of actually discovering what your identity is, then it will be difficult to build on all these things we are talking about and go, go through you know, having this at the back of your mind. And so what I'm saying in essence is at the end of the journey, at the end of, you know, this process, I should come out knowing more and more, being more confident about who I really am. Not about what I have, not about, you know, what my neighbor has, not about, you know, the things, the degrees I have. I mean, those are good, but those don't define me because my identity is not tied to the things I have. My identity is intrinsic to me. You know, I was thinking about this in the course of the week and the fact that, for instance, if I have a Toyota Camry, okay, that's the car that I have. It's already defined. I just need to discover the identity of the Toyota Camry and what can it do. You know, I, I, I should not try to behave as though I'm a Lexus, right? Because they are two different cars. I mean, they are both cars, but they are two different types of cars. And that means they will function somewhat differently, even though there may be some similarities. So I'm just saying, you want to own your own process. You want to say, this is my own lane, and you want to stay there. And that's part of how we, you know, come into our own unique purpose. Owning your process is important, especially because we live in a comparison society. I know, yeah. Everybody, you know, there's just some people set up certain stereotypes that everybody tries to align with that's true and um i usually say that i'm i'm in competition not with another person yeah. on the journey of life but i'm yeah. in competition with what i'm meant to be mm-hmm. so i think it's important for young people to start thinking about how can i like go on a journey of discovering my own self my uniqueness mm-hmm. my unique strengths mm-hmm. my weaknesses and how to you know deal with them what is my gift, you know, and other things that makes us an individual and then building yeah. up that to what can you use those things to do yeah. in the world today? Yeah. There's something interesting you said when we were discussing, I think that was last week, you said, like, discover yourself, build on it, and give the best version of it to the world. Yeah, you want to give the world the, the best version of you. Like, each of us owes the world something. And you owe the world the best version of yourself because there can only be one you. And that's why I talked about the issue of identity. Because when you realize who you are, you know, and what your uniqueness is, what do you bring to the table? What, what are you offering your generation? I, I usually like to use this illustration from the Bible of the guy called David. There's a verse of scripture that says, he served his generation and fell asleep. Like each of us has a generation to serve. And so there's something you are bringing to the table. And that's why I'm talking of owning your process because your unique process is kind of like your unique mold that forms you into, you know, that purpose for which you have been created. That's wonderful. So the next point is growth. Yeah. So growth, what does that mean? Well, of course, I mean, 
all things being equal, all of us are growing every day, right? And we're growing physically. You know, some of us are growing taller. I mean, if you're younger, you are growing in terms of your age. But then there are some growths that are you can't really help. They're involuntary, right? Like your your we're told that some parts of our body keep growing. Like our hair, once you cut it, it starts to grow again and stuff like that. But then there's some other parts of growth that won't happen unless you make it happen. Many times there are people who go through the process, but the process doesn't go through them in the sense that they don't allow it form them into, and like this is the whole crux of the matter. Like you can't afford to just add on age, add on time and, you know, keep piling on, you know, records of, oh, I've done this, I have this, you know, and I've gone to this school, I have that degree. And your own internal process is not like changing. You're not actually changing the way you think. You are not changing in your emotions. You are not actually maturing within. I think that this is the most important part of this. Like, we need to grow. And one of the major parts I wanted to talk about is the issue of emotional growth. Why am I talking about emotional growth? Many times I've discovered that, and now our day and age, like more than ever before, we need to like grow emotionally. I mean, yes, you want to grow physically, you want to grow healthy, you know, academically, and other things, but particularly, many people don't pay so much attention to emotional growth. But like that's a big thing in our world today because there's so much of emotional stress. You know why? Because sometimes people are in relationships that are hurtful. People are in situations that are not helpful to their health, and they don't even know it. They're not even doing any major thing about it. Emotional growth means you pay attention to your emotions. You pay attention to, you know, the connections you make with people. And you are not allowing situations to ultimately define you. But like you can learn how to stand back and allow situations to play out. And then you don't just, you know, react. But you actually respond out of a well-informed place. So... Can you share some some strategies on how someone can grow emotionally? What can I do if I'm a young person and I'm thinking strongly about emotional growth? What are the practices I can adopt to help me with that? One, I think that to grow emotionally, you need to engage with people, right? You need to engage with people. Like You can't just, for instance, be on your phone all day or like constantly be in front of the TV and feel like, oh, you know, that's all that matters. As long as I'm seeing what's happening, you know, on the news, that's all. But actually, we are wired as social beings. And so, I mean, of course, I will still talk about, you know, community. But then we need to engage with people. I'm saying that because when you communicate with other people, you learn that not everyone has the same kind of background you have. And so that way you are able to interact with people and you're able to see, oh, it looks like People see things differently from how I see things. And that way, it helps you grow. Of course, part of this is intellectual growth, right? But also, your emotions are being involved. So, another thing is that as you go through situations, take time, not just to go through them, take time to meditate and reflect on the situations you go through. And to evaluate and, exactly. Yeah, what exactly? What, 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 how could I have responded better? Or what did I say in this situation? Or how did I respond? Or did I react just impulsively? I mean, you want to say what kind of emotions come readily to me? How do I engage with the world around me? What are some of, I mean, what's my uh, go to emotion? What, what, what's it called? You know, 
your temperament. What's your temperament? These are some things you want to know. And reading books is something that can really help in this regard. You know, like reading books that talk about your temperament. I mean, understanding this and again, like, which comes back to what we just said earlier. Owning your process. Not saying deny who you are. For instance, if you're someone who likes to talk, don't say, oh, I'll become quiet. So that, I mean, that's not about owning your process. But it's like understanding that this is who I am and accepting that and maximizing that for the benefit of others also. And then also like being considerate of people as you grow. When people go through stuff, especially negative things in life, sometimes, again, like I've said this before, it can make you bitter or it can make you better, right? And so one good way of allowing, you know, yourself to be able to grow within is not just sympathizing with people, oh, sorry that something bad happened, but actually empathizing with them, you know, as they go through tough situations. That way, you are growing something within you. And one of the good ways to empathize is actually to cry. You know, like in some of the societies we grew up in, it's yeah, difficult it's for like me to cry. Crying is a sign of weakness yeah. in societies. Yeah. But it really is not. Really, I think that you would know better about this, right? Like, it's, there's a release that comes when you cry. Yeah, it's a natural response. And I think it's just being mis- misplacing what strength and weakness means. Mm-hmm. You know, there are many times that you cry, you let out the tension at, at the heat of the moment. You, yeah. you, you tend to feel better after crying. You tend to feel better after talking to people about things. You tend to feel better after taking a step away from a situation and making yeah. an evaluation yeah. mm-hmm. what emotion did i express what could i have done better, better. yeah and not not only judging a situation by what somebody could have done better to you mm-hmm. like what could i have done better yeah. to help the situation to be less escalated yeah there's just so much that is up. i mean as you're talking like there's more and more ideas we can talk about one thing like you said is stepping back and looking at things you know with a reflective lens another way is to you know, actually look at things through the perspective of others and not just your own perspective. Like, oh, I think I'm right because this is how this thing is. This is the best way. This is the only way. No, like sometimes you want to also say, well, what if I were the other person? That way you can empathize better. You can actually say, oh, this is probably what they were thinking. This is probably why they acted the way they did, you know, and stuff like that. So I think just engaging with people with the perspective of not showing yourself right or superior, but with the perspective of, being a perpetual lifelong student, like learning, growing. And again, of course, another area apart from emotional is like financial. You know, many people need to, you know, like financial growth. How do I grow in my spending, in knowing what to do, handling money? You know, this is something that is big. I mean, people literally go to seminars and schools to learn this. But I I think that in your own little way, in our own little way, we can actually learn this as we talk to people. You know, as we engage with people, and again, the internet is there. You know, how do I learn how to be financially independent? How to be financially mature? You know, things like that. How can I learn not to get into debt? And if I'm in debt, I mean, sometimes people have to get into debt. But it's like, how can I get out of it as soon as possible? You know, these are things that you want to do. And you have to constantly make this a conscious, make a conscious effort to put this in your mind and not like just feel like, you know, like my wife says, the case era, era attitude, like what will be, will be. No. Like, life doesn't just, what will be, will be. Like, some things will never be unless you actually are deliberate about making them happen. Wow, that is, that is really true. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, we move on to community. Wow. This is, like, 
my favorite one. And I think people who know me know that, like, I, I mean, I'm always talking about community, about a support system. I'll say that firsthand because, like, doing a PhD, this is my fifth year, and really, it's not been easy. I, I won't lie to you. I mean, many people will tell you the same thing. It's tough going through, like, this is, the, I'll say, the toughest journey of my life, as it were, you know, doing a PhD. But then, I mean... What has carried me through is having a community of people who are like-minded, people who can reason, who can have conversations with you, you know. And I think that every one of us needs community wherever we are. We need a support system. Sometimes it's one person. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's ten. But we want to have, you want to have people around you who can encourage you, who can celebrate with you. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll close that point by saying this, uh, you know, I went somewhere and the pastor was speaking there, said something. He said, when you have a party and you are the only person at that party, then it's not a party, but it's a pity party. Wow. <laughs> so you, you don't want to have a pity party in life. You, you want to go through life with others. There's someone that says that life moves at the speed of relationships and relationships... It's exactly the same guy. <laughs> ...of communication. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that... One thing, one key to developing community is actually to communicate with people. Yeah. You, you seek for the good of others and people seek for the good of yourself. And then it's like a mutual environment where you are both benefiting each other. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think I, it's important to have friends. Yeah. Friends that you celebrate together. Yeah. Can, can call you out, can yeah. keep yeah. you in check. Can yeah. Keep you accountable to yeah. the process. That's true. And, and I mean, one thing I want to say is that, I mean, you have friends. Like, and most of us, I mean, will have friends. But as you grow up, part of the process of maturity. So I like to build on things we've said before. But um, and I think uh, it's part of the process of maturity that you begin to learn to know who your community is and who your support system is, or what what your support system is made up of. I'm saying that because it's not everyone that will be able to see things and be able to stand with you that way. I mean, some people will be friends or acquaintances from afar. But then, when I'm saying a support system, it's people that you can be free to fully be yourself with and you won't, like, you won't have judgment. Now, that doesn't mean they won't correct you, like you said. They will call you out when they need to. But it will still be truth spoken in love. You know, so that's, I mean, so you want to be careful of toxic environments. If you're among people and they're always talking you down or saying you can't do this. Oh, that can never happen. Oh, you can't amount to anything. Or, oh, that idea, it doesn't even make sense. Then you want to reconsider. You are probably in a toxic place where people are not being helpful. And that will also affect your self-esteem ultimately. Relationships, you know, move at the speed of, no, no, I was going to say the other way. Life moves at the speed of relationships and relationships move at the speed of communication. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And communication moves at the speed of openness. <laughs> ah, that's true. Uh-huh. That's anyway, so true. That was yeah. just, that was no, just... but I mean, that's, so, that's true. Yeah. So we're talking about community. We've talked about growth. We've talked about owning your process. Now we should talk about legacy as we round up the episode. Okay. What's legacy? I mean, what do we mean about legacy? Uh, legacy, building a legacy just means having a good name. Um, it's a favorite passage of the Bible of mine, which is Proverbs 22 verse 1, which says, A good name is more desirable than great riches, and to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. I mean, this is just straight to the point. There are many things that you will not do simply 
because of the name that you bear. Not really for any other reason, but just, I, I don't want to do this because that's not who we are. That's not what my family stands for. That's not my identity. Like, my name is more important to me than wealth. And this is something especially important for our generation because there's so much focus on wealth, so much focus on show-off, so much things, you know, if you go on social media, right? Like, you see a lot that can get you feeling so bad or intimidated or something. But, like, you want to know that a good name is much more important than having a famous name. There's, so, there's, there's a big difference. I mean, sometimes a famous name can be a good name that's famous. But I'm saying that there's a difference fundamentally between a good name and a famous name. And what we're supposed to be getting through this process as we get into our purpose is a good name such that people would say, oh, I would love to be associated with them. Not because they're necessarily famous, but they have a good name. And that name will not be sold. They would rather choose their integrity you know, than choose something else because of the benefit. Yeah, that's true. And I, I remember the um, quote we we um, mentioned earlier about discovering yourself, building yourself, and giving the best version of it to the world. So I think that the point of legacy is after you build yourself, or as you build yourself, you give the best version of whatever comes out to the world. So yeah. It's more like feeding into that system that outlives you. Yeah. adding value to other people's lives it can start from now being um being a person of integrity yeah. sticking to what is right rather than you know trying to get ahead or get riches at the expense of you know honesty and all that and keeping a legacy or a name or a system or structure that others coming after the um, posterity can yeah can see and continue with mm-hmm. strength mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important to keep in mind that a good name is better than a famous name. Yeah. That's a tweetable quote. <laughs> so the final point for today's episode. You need an anchor. What does that mean? So, yeah, we've talked about going through the process. But the truth is that sometimes we're overwhelmed. And sometimes human beings will try their best, but they can only do so much, right? Like... You can own your process. You can, you know, practice, practice, you know. You can take responsibility. But then, what if, for instance, there's an accident? What if life breaks down? What if life happens, right? It's called life. I mean, you need an anchor. One part I've talked about is the issue of community, having people that, you know, you can call a support system. But the other part is you need an anchor that is higher than you. You need an anchor. And... For me, I would suggest, I would recommend and I would say, God is that anchor. Because for me, that's been the most important part of my journey is that when all else fails, I can fall back on him. Like I can, I believe that, you know, if you truly have an anchor, it's like a boat in the midst of the sea being swept. I mean, once there's an anchor, it doesn't really matter what's happening all around with all the storms. It will be kept in place. Every other thing is temporary. Every other thing can move. God is the only one who stays when every other person leaves, you know. So I would say, let God be the anchor of your life. And that will be the most important thing. I believe that your identity is rooted in your creator. What do I mean? I talked about the case of the Toyota Camry. The identity of that car is defined by what the manufacturer says it is. 
And so that's the only place where you can actually find your identity truly is by actually going into God, the one who made you, the one who designed you. And that way you can know this is who I am. This is who I was made to be. And you can then live life the best way and the way it was actually ordained to be lived. Wow, this is this is exciting. I really appreciate you coming in and yeah, it's a pleasure. About this, mm-hmm. um, I, I believe that I have learned a lot. I have learned a lot, yeah. and uh, I know that these are things to practice. These are yeah. principles to look forward to. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming in. Sure, my privilege anytime, and thank you for you know the opportunity. And I'm I'm also learning again. Like I'm also on the journey. So thank you for this privilege. Wonderful. So there you have it, five tips that would help you grow through the process of life into your purpose. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe to Storyvox on your desired podcast platforms. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and on the website at ghwings.com. Check out show notes, links, and other resources on the website or on the podcast description. Add this podcast to your playlist and tell a friend. See you in the next one.